Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We've made it to the end of the week. Glad to have you with us. And as expected yesterday was, I think, just the start of uh, off-season moves and news for this IU basketball program. The big news yesterday we we chatted about was Dane Fife not returning, being fired, whatever terminology you want to use as an IU assistant basketball coach and obviously Christian Lander entering the transfer portal. We've got a number of additional players since yesterday that have chosen to enter the transfer portal, and it has already been announced. Michael Durr announced yesterday afternoon that he is going to enter the portal. Then Parker Stewart later last night entered the portal, that uh, announcing he would not return to IU for his final year of college eligibility. And Maybe a little bit of a surprise. Uh, we'll talk about this later in the show. But Rob Fennessy earlier this morning tweeted out an announcement that uh, he is not going to return to IU for another year of college hoops. So uh, interesting stuff. I-, I think we all thought, I really thought, that there this would be a very active year, not just with Indiana, but with most teams, seeing lots of players, even some unexpected guys, leave. And uh, that's what the transfer portal does. It it allows you to uh, to make a switch. And, of course, there's a one-time transfer. So a player like Christian Lander that has not transferred to date, he'll be eligible immediately at whatever school he transfers to next season. And on the flip side, the graduate transfer rule, which has been in effect now for a number of seasons, uh, guys like Rob Finnessy will be immediately eligible for uh, wherever he chooses to play next season. So a number of guys, I don't know that there'll be many more, but obviously – Indiana fans still very much waiting to hear from Trace Jackson Davis and from Race Thompson. I would think, and I don't know this, but I would think the Race Thompson thing would be pretty straightforward, either an announcement that he's entering the portal and uh, not coming back, or I'm not sure that he will try the NBA waters. But the Trace Jackson Davis thing could could play out for a while because he very likely, I, I would have to believe, is going to test the waters. He should do that. He should learn what he can from the pro people. And uh, he may not make a decision permanently on what he's going to do until he gets a little bit into that process and comes upon the deadline of when he has to make an ultimate decision. Is he going to keep his name in the draft or is he going to pull back? So I think the TJD decision, it, it could play out a little bit. You know, we've got to have the, the first announcement from him initially that he is even going to attempt the, to test the waters. And I really don't know why he wouldn't after the season that he had, especially after the great strong close to the season that he had. Uh, but uh, definitely will be interesting. It's going to be an interesting offseason. And uh, keep in mind, for every player that leaves, there are names floating out there that IU is involved with. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of movement, I think, both ways. And 
IU needed three roster spots to open up if they were going to fit everybody in for next season, and obviously they've got four at this point, so already an opening that they can add somebody for next season. So uh, the transfer portal has almost become its own season. Um, you get to the middle part of the NCAA tournament, and uh, that's when the transfer portal really heats up, and it's just amazing how quick all this stuff happens. And I would say within the next week or two, we'll start seeing players commit out of the portal uh, to, to schools and places. And it's going to be really interesting, I think, getting back to some of the IU guys. You know, where does Christian Lander go next year? Does he try to get to another high major team? Or does he step down a level and maybe find himself in a position where he can really, really contribute and really, really be a big-time player? Also, Michael Durr, you know, big men are, are not a commodity these days. Will he be able to find another place? Obviously he will, but I just think it's interesting to see where these guys go. Do they stay at the same level, uh, you know, the Big Ten Conference level, a high major school, or do they drop down a level? And I think it'll be really interesting, the same thing for Rob Bennessy to see where some of these guys uh, land last night. Also, uh, NCAA games last night. Uh, we'll talk about those a little bit later in the hour, but uh, really surprised with Gonzaga. Uh, their defense is not what I thought it was, and maybe it's because I don't get to see the Zags much during the regular season because of their conference and their their late West Coast games. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I had picked them to win it this year. I really felt like this was going to be their year, and they've had some scares, but last night, uh, Arkansas, and I, I I thought they would maybe handily beat Arkansas, to be quite honest with you. I didn't see that result coming, especially in the way that it happened. But uh, we'll talk more about all the NCAA Sweet 16 games tonight. Of course, tonight, more games. Purdue plays. Uh, Providence plays with former IU player Al Durham as well. So we'll, we'll catch up on that. And a busy show today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one will continue on here in just a moment with some headlines, some news of the day uh, around Southern Indiana sports and IU. Then later in the hour, Dylan Wallace is uh, with us. Dylan's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. And uh, we're going to break down all this IU news. In fact, Dylan is going to be with us uh, hopefully today for a little bit of an extended segment as Kyle Neddenrip is, is not joining us today. He's got to host the Kiwanis Banquet for the state finals teams in Indianapolis. But uh, a lot to get to, and uh, you think when it hits the offseason, things would slow down a bit. But with the transfer portal, that is just simply not the case. All right, the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And also the Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you. That text number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And, uh, again, love to hear from you. All these players leaving and uh, Dane Fife leaving, that sure drew a lot of comments from people yesterday. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that, 502-414-1450. All right, a couple other notes. Providence plays in a 2A state championship game on Saturday afternoon, midday really, will be on the air, depending on how that 1A game goes, around 12-15. And uh, Providence with a challenge. The Pioneers are good. I do expect a competitive ball game. 
no matter how it shakes out. But Central Noble uh, with their Connor Esegen player, really good, and will be a tough challenge for Providence coming up on Saturday. We've had a lot of content surrounding that game this week. Yesterday we had Central Noble coach John Bodie with us on the program. If you missed it, you can find it on our podcast. And then earlier in the week we also had Ryan Miller on a Twitter spaces for about an hour and a half previewing things. You can find that on my Twitter account, at Hoosier Hills, if you follow me there. But a uh, fun week for Providence, just a special week to see uh, local uh, players get the opportunity to compete on the highest stage that our state has to offer. I mean, it's just going back, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's amazing uh, the number of schools, the number of teams here locally that we've had play in a state championship and even win state championship here the last four or five seasons. It's just been uh, quite a run for our area. Uh, I wonder sometime how long this run will last, and I wonder sometimes uh, if we'll ever get back to a period like this where we see so many uh, successful teams from our area. But Providence, the latest, playing in the 2A championship game in boys basketball coming up on Saturday. That's a look at our headlines for this uh, Friday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with us. We'll chat IU and all the departures and Dane Fife and other offseason topics. Uh, no shortage of stuff to chat about this time of year. Stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. And a plug for our Big X Sports Radio golf card. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with our 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited, but you want it, so get yours today, BigXSportsRadio.com, or call 812-725-1457. Again, Chariot Run, Old Capital, Elk Run, Valley View, Christmas Lake, uh, all for $25 or less a round, including a cart. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the uh, Seymour Tribune is with us right now and uh, Dylan there is so much to get to with IU basketball four players uh, to this hour have entered the transfer portal and Dane Fife will not be back next year as an assistant coach I know sometime when you're in the media business you worry man it's the off season now for the team we cover what are we going to talk about or write about so far it's uh, been nothing short uh, for IU Absolutely, and it's kind of been like that the last two years. I mean, you know, you remember just thinking back to when the pandemic hit and everything was kind of shut down. There actually really wasn't anything to talk about. You know, we were just kind of scrambling. And then we went into last off season. Obviously, Mike Woodson was hired. And, and I think it's just a large part due to the transfer portal and how many moving pieces can just happen so quickly throughout the off season for just about any team in college basketball. I mean, you look at – Iowa State is basically all transfers, and they're in the Sweet 16 tonight. Um, and it's just it's so many moving pieces, and uh, players transfer early, and 
players join the team. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch going on already, and um, you know, I think everything that's happened so far is, has been sort of expected. I would say maybe Rob Finnessy was was the one that was a little more surprising, but I also don't think it was super shocking that he decided to move on. You know, he's he's played four years here and, and had some injury. Uh, you know, unfortunate luck that happened his way, and I think he's just kind of ready to move on. And um, I think everything that's happened hasn't been negative. I think if anyone's overreacting, they shouldn't be, um, because I think so far uh, things are kind of playing out the way that most people probably expected. So definitely a lot to talk about, though, and a lot of kind of roster movement and shakeup that everyone's still wondering, and still a lot of question marks left about certain guys that are still on the team and what they will decide to do if they want to come back or move on or transfer or whatever it is that they might do you know who's Indiana going to bring in now since there's a spot open all that kind of stuff is uh, exciting and intriguing and uh it's definitely not gonna I don't know if there's gonna be a dead period here so it's been it's been kind of fun to keep up and uh, it's still obviously fun to talk about IU basketball after they finally get back to the tournament and you know for the first time since 2016. Dylan do you remember the seasons before the transfer portal before one-time uh, immediate eligible transfers, before grad transfers, when maybe a big year was one or two transfers departing a program um, because you had to sit out. There were there were there were penalties. It just wasn't something that happened on a regular basis. Normally, if someone transferred, there were some real issues there or a real reason to want to want to find a new home. Uh, my how things are different these days. Yeah, it's completely different. I just remember, you know, you you used to just dive right into the recruiting stuff, basically, when the offseason hit, you know. And then if someone transferred, it would just kind of happen, and you would do a little brief about it, and that was it. You know, you wouldn't really be tracking the transfer portal all that much. Not Definitely not as much as you are now. Um, and, you know, you just kind of dive into the recruiting and kind of see who, who Indiana might go offer or who they're going to go watch in the summer, stuff like that. Uh, and now it's just completely switched to – you know, as much as these coaches want to, you know, scout high school kids, they also need to scout kids in college who are entering the transfer portal. You know, they have to essentially spend as much time on them as they might even high school kids. You know, it's just completely different how you're sort of evaluating who you want to bring in. Um, do you want to bring in a guy who you want to try to develop? Do you want to bring in a guy who's already kind of, you know, self-made and can come in and contribute right away? I mean, there's all these different circumstances now that coaching staff look into and that, you know, we have to follow as well. You know, I remember, you know, obviously kids from Indiana who enter the transfer portal, you know, people are always talking about them like, hey, maybe Indiana will, will go look at them like a Nigel Pack. Or I think there's a kid from Ball State who, who recently entered the transfer portal, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it, it's just way different than it used to be, you know, because like I said, it used to just kind of be you'd want to follow recruiting, you'd want to follow just kind of all these other things. But now the transfer portal is just so constant and it's always moving, always kids' names being in and out of it. You know, you're always going to be following along that, and 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 it's just a big of a priority for coaches now is as just sort of the recruiting trail is. So it's 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 kind of wild, um, but it, but it is it is on the other hand, it's kind of fun, and you know, you can you can definitely change your program a lot faster than you used to be able to. You know, you can you can do a lot of things uh, in the off season with the, with the transfer portal. You could also lose a lot as well. So I guess you know we'll see how it continues to shake out for Indiana. Um, you know, I think right now, you know, they they have an opportunity to, to bring a guy in who could be experienced. They have the roster scholarship spots opened up for their, their three incoming freshmen, which we all knew was going to happen anyway. So definitely interesting, and it's definitely a whole lot different than it used to be, I mean, just, just about two years ago. I mean, it didn't used to be like this, and now it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, every, every kind of 
person's name that goes in, you know, you're going to perk up and look at them be like, oh, could they fit here? Could they fit there? It's super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is our guest. You, you touched on Rob Finnessy some. Uh, I definitely agree with your take that of the four so far in the transfer portal, Rob is probably the biggest surprise. I thought maybe him not coming out for the senior night. Uh, and in fact, a texture reminded me of this on the Thornton's text line. Him not coming out for the senior night festivities maybe was a tip that he was going to come back for another year. But I think of, of the four so far, his surprises me the most. No real surprise with Michael Durr. Not real surprised about Parker Stewart either. And I think Christian Lander probably the least of the surprises of the four. Yeah, he was he was the first one, um, and he was the least surprising. You know, you just look at kind of the guard shakeup, and with you know if, if if Xavier Johnson is coming back, you're bringing in Jalen Hood, Shafino. At that point, you didn't know what Rob Finnessy was doing. You know, there just wasn't didn't seem to be a whole lot of room. You obviously still have Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway, who will be in the backcourt as well. There just wasn't a whole lot of room where you could envision Christian Lander getting playing time. Um, for his for, you know, for his career. And so I think that was the best move for him. You know, Michael Durr, I think everyone thought he would be a little bit more impactful this year than he was. And, uh, you know, he probably just decided to grad transfer elsewhere. And Parker Stewart, you know, he obviously part- participated in the senior, you know, senior day festivities at Indiana, as did Race Thompson, who is, is going to be an interesting one to kind of follow and see what he decides. But, yeah, I, I agree with Rob, you know, because he didn't participate in senior day, uh, you know, I thought he was still going to come back. Because, you know, even if he wanted to transfer, you know, you think he still might participate in Senior Day because then, you know, he kind of gets the last goodbye to the fans at Assembly Hall. They get to, you know, give him a standing ovation and kind of appreciate him. So that was a little bit, you know, surprising in that regard. But I do think just kind of when you look at it, I mean, he's done a lot here. You know, he's had some big moments. He's had some big shots that a lot of people will remember for a while, which is always cool for him. And, you know, he had that big, awesome moment against Purdue this year you know, being from West, being from Lafayette himself. So, you know, there's a lot of positive memories about Rob Finnessy. He obviously didn't quite maybe get up to the potential that everyone thought he could be when he first started out as a freshman in that, you know, in that, those first couple of months that he was playing. But injuries hurt him a lot. And uh, I, I think, you know, he's, he's sort of like a, an Al Durham type where when he, wherever he goes, people are going to want to cheer for him and hope he succeeds. You know, they're going to hope that he does really well and they hope, his, you know, they find his providence, so to say. So I think I think that's kind of where Indiana fans stand on him, and you know he he's another guy where you know if you're you know if if X is coming back and you do have Jalen Jafino, you have Tamar Bates taking another step and get more playing time. You still have Trey Galloway and Anthony Leal. You know he's another guy where if he decided to come back, you know you know what what might his role be, um, and you know I think it's a good thing that he might want to move on. Hopefully it's good for him, and hopefully it's good for Indiana because you can bring some of these younger guys up and get them some more playing time as well. So. Uh, I, I think everything that's happened so far is good in terms of the players who have gone. And uh, now we just got to hope that uh, a couple of players stay. I, I know uh, a lot of eyes are on X, and I think a lot of people expect him to stay, but uh, that'd be, it'd, be, it'd be big for him to, to come back because he'll, he could be a big piece of the team next year. Yeah, that, that was my next question. Um, is this outside of race and Trace, who obviously Trace has some professional aspirations and had a good year so I think he's got to test the waters I'd be shocked if he didn't which may string that out a little bit as far as do we know actually when do we know he's coming back or not but Race Thompson could be another because he's been here for so long does he want to move on to what's next for him or does he want to play another year at IU or somewhere else but outside of those two guys you mentioned you touched on Xavier Johnson uh, are we are we getting close to you think the end of it or do you think there could be more announcements soon that there's more hitting the portal? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it seems like all the players are kind of starting to make all their decisions around now or in the next couple of days. So I feel like we should at least hear. I mean, I think he'll he'll probably at least announce if he's coming back or not with the graphic or whatnot. You know, um, I don't know who else would hit the portal on the roster right now. I mean, you have Geronimo and Bates. They both seem pretty locked in. I mean, Anthony Leo's always said he loves playing for IU. I would be a little surprised if he went. Same with Trey Galloway. So I think kind of the younger players are, are, are all going to stay. Um, and then, you know, I, I mean, the big the big areas are just, you know, X, race, and trace and kind of seeing what they're going to do. You know, I think what they were able to do at the end of this season, um, you could look at it two ways. One was like, okay, we finally got over the hump. I got Indiana back to the tournament. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Now I'm going to move on with my career. Or it's like, hey, we kind of realized the potential that we hit in those last couple games. Like, what if we run this back again and see what we can really do if we're humming – with that kind of level of play throughout a whole entire year, we we're, we're a whole another year in the Mike Woodson system, a whole another year playing with each other. Um, I mean, that could be another really enticing thing, especially for a guy like Grace Thompson. You know, he really struggled to end the season. It was kind of an uncharacteristic play from him that you know might leave a sour taste in his mouth that wants him to come back and try to you know have one more final good run with Indiana. So there's a lot of interesting ways to kind of look at how how they all kind of think about this run that they had at the end of the year. You know, it, was it a thing that that they're happy with and they can move on or is this thing that left them really hungry like you know we can do still do more and we want to come back and try to build off of that so that's gonna be really interesting to kind of see how those guys do that kind of stuff um and you know i think it'd be great if, if all three of them came back because that's kind of you know your three pillars uh to have next year and, and kind of sprinkle in the young guys around them and see what they can do um but yeah i'm i'm, I'm interested to see and you know i feel like just the way things have been going the last couple of days with the players kind of rolling out their announcements one after the other that we should be hearing from them relatively soon about kind of what their decision is. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if players want to stay. I mean, I'm assuming if Race and Trace stay, they'll put out an announcement saying they'll stay. Same with X. Some of the other guys, like Bates and Geronimo, I mean, I feel like it's just assumed they're staying. They might not even announce anything, and they'll just be back on the roster. But uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to kind of keep keep looking out on, on the Twitter or Instagram or whatever they post on to see what their decisions are. But, yeah, those guys are going to be – they could be really important. You know, it could be – uh, a really big thing for Indiana, and you think about just kind of what the Big Ten is losing next year and all the talented players they have. If Indiana is being able to bring back kind of that trio, I mean, that could be really big for them. All right, Dylan Wallace is my guest. Dylan, um, one other thing on transfer portal stuff, and then I want to move on to Dane Fife. Um, I, I, I guess rumors. I, I really hate to deal in rumors, but I, if I had to bet, if I had to place a bet or if somebody – pinned me up and said, hey, you got to tell us who you think's next to transfer. There seemed to be a lot of buzz around Miller Cop and Logan, Logan Duncombe to be the next two to, to possibly uh, be in line to make some sort of announcement. Do you have any feel on either of those guys, and would you be surprised if, uh, if either one of those guys jumped in the transfer portal? Duncombe would be interesting because I feel like he did have a, you know, kind of an interesting year. I think, you know, there was, there was a time where he was I couldn't remember if he was suspended or he wasn't dressed or something like that. And I know he had some injury stuff. He kind of had a weird year where it just didn't seem like he was quite gelling. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think he was going to play much in his first season anyways, just with the the kind of the front court depth that Indiana had and, and how they brought in Michael Durr. Um, so, you know, I, I guess it'll be interesting to kind of see if, if he thinks, you know, he has a spot in the front court next season as a sophomore. And that, that might rely a lot on if Trace and Race come back, because if they both don't come back, then maybe he can play a little bit more with, with Geronimo and all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Duncombe transfers. Miller Cop, I actually think, might stay. I feel like, you know, he, he's a guy who I think 
Indiana could actually benefit from staying as well. You know, he's already transferred once. You know, he came to Indiana from Northwestern. Um, he, he had a couple of solid games for Indiana shooting the ball. You know, he, I, think, I think everyone could say he wasn't the best defender, but he definitely gave some effort on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think he could be a really good connective piece. And, and if, he can, if he can kind of find a little bit more confidence and shoot the ball like he's capable of, I mean, that could be a really nice piece Indiana could have on the wing, an experienced guy to bring back. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I mean, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if he, if he transfers, but I do have more of kind of an inclination that he might want to stay and, and come back because I just feel like it, it might fit a little more if he comes back. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing to look for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely those two guys you named. I mean, if you had to – like you said, if you had to bet, I mean, those are probably the two most popular names to probably seek out the transfer portal and try to go somewhere else. Um, but it'll be interesting kind of, to kind of follow those guys as well. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, in terms of who – it might, it might reflect on who Indiana tries to bring in as well, you know. They're, they're, they might try to bring in um, a little bit more, you know, reliant shooters who can, who can do a little bit more off the bounce than, than what Miller and, and Parker Stewart were able to do this past year. So, you know, if any, you know, you never know. I mean, sometimes the coaching staff kind of hint at it like, hey, we're going to try to bring this guy in. There might not be a spot for you that might lead them to transfer anyway. So I guess it kind of just a lot of parts to, to kind of take into consideration here and what Indiana wants to do in terms of who they want to bring back and, and who they might want to try to bring in from the transfer portal as well. So a lot, a lot of moving parts, like we said, and the transfer portal is, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing it, it provides. And uh, uh, I'll be interested to kind of see, you know, where those guys think they might be able to do if they, if they have a role next year or not, or if they want to transfer somewhere else. I feel like it's always tough to kind of transfer multiple times. You know, I feel like it just might be a little, a little inconvenient, a little tough, but uh, you know, you never know. And guys are able to do it now, so maybe it's not as not as tough as I think it is. So uh, we'll we'll see for sure. But yeah, those two guys are probably the most, I mean, favorites to I guess you know transfer again if they if they wanted to. So I guess we'll see what happens. All right, uh, gotta ask about Dane Fife. That was the big news earlier in the week that basically he he's not being retained by Coach Woodson. Uh, difference of opinions just didn't mesh. Whatever uh, reasons there are, Coach Fife is going to need to find a new home in college hoops, or who knows what he'll do. Sit out a year, try to get a head coaching job at a smaller level, uh, maybe hook back up with with another uh, team as an assistant coach. I think a lot of people were surprised. We had heard rumblings, again rumors. I don't deal in rumors a lot, especially on this radio show. But you know, you watch the bench and you watch interactions at timeouts and. You watch coaches if you're a fan or really following things closely. And it did seem to me that Dane Fife was on the outside a little bit if you watch some of those happenings. Uh, so I wasn't terribly surprised, but I think a lot of people were that a former player, alumni of the program, someone that fans absolutely adore. And, of course, he was on the last IU Final Four team. Is not uh, is not coming back, and it's uh, basically not his choice. So, uh, your take on all of that, how this affects things under Coach Woodson early on, and do you have any early inclinations on what direction uh, Woody might look for a new assistant coach? Yeah, I'm not sure, kind of who he might look to. If it'll be another former IU guy, maybe it's someone he worked with in the NBA. Maybe he gets some input from from Yah and, and Kenya Hunter about you know a college guy who can come in and help out. Um, but you know, I'm not really sure with that. But I mean, I I, I was sort of surprised when I saw the news initially. But that's because I wasn't really kind of following along. It wasn't as plugged in as maybe I used to be. But then once I kind of like talked to some people who are who know the program, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's really not surprising at all. And and I feel like 
um, you know, when, when things like this happen, you know, people like they want answers, obviously, and they, and they want to like pin, like, you know, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. And it doesn't always have to be the case. You know, Dane Fife doesn't have to be a bad guy because he left or Mike was does have to be a bad guy because he didn't want Dane Fife on the staff. You know, um, it, it's, it's always kind of interesting to kind of see, you know, how the kind of discourse plays out when something like this happens. And, you know, there were obviously a lot of rumors, a lot of stories that kind of were, became pretty popular once, once this news came out. But um, I, I think just, like you said, just, I don't think things gelled as, as well as, as well as they, they should have been. And I think, you know, with Mike Woodson really wanting to kind of take command of this, of this program and the staff, he, he just decided, you know, we just have, we just want to move on. And I think that's a good thing for him taking charge of the program and, and making moves when he thinks it's necessary, you know. Um, we saw it when, when the guys got suspended before Northwestern. We've seen it other times. Like, you know, he wants to have a full grip on this program and be the guy in charge and, and do whatever he wants to do to try to help it. Um, and, that, and that's what he did. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting, and I, and I don't think, you know, I think Dane Fife will probably be just fine and probably get a, a job um, elsewhere that'll be good for him. And, you know, I, I know he wants to be a head coach somewhere and, and maybe he'll be able to land a job like that. Maybe he'll be an assistant somewhere else. Who knows? But I think he'll be just fine because he's obviously a really good coach and, and people people always love him. And, I'm, and IU fans loved him. I remember when he came on the staff, I mean, I think people, you know, I, I always, forget, you know, you always try to remember when Woodson was first hired, you know, everyone was a little skeptical about it. And then when they heard the sad about it, people were like, okay, that's awesome. You know, now we're a little bit more confident. Then they hear about Dane Fife come on staff, like, okay, now we're all in. And it, it was all because of these other guys and in Fife, especially just being a former IU guy, you know, being at Michigan state, who's a great program for, you know, 10 or so years, everyone's really excited about it. And now that he's gone, you know, I think fans are a little, you know, they're a little kind of hesitant to be like, oh, well, you know, why, why couldn't that work? We all love Dane and, and he loves IU and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, people wanted to, to kind of freak out about it, but I don't think it's a huge deal. And, and, you know, I guess we'll just kind of see how it plays out, obviously. But um, like you said, I mean, once, once you kind of dive into it and you looked at it and you kind of evaluated it all, just from the start, things just didn't seem to gel all that well. And, and like I said, I mean, it doesn't mean anyone's a, a terrible person and, and did some explicably bad things. It just means that, things didn't work out and that's just kind of how it is. I mean, you know, like, like we said, like, you know, like we talked about with Archie Miller, like, you know, he's not a horrible coach. Things just didn't fit in Indiana. Things didn't work out and maybe he'll just go do really well at Rhode Island and we'll see, you know? So I guess with, you know, with Fife, I mean, things didn't gel with Mike Wisden and, and that's okay. You know, it's not a terrible thing and it wasn't too much of a surprise once you kind of looked into it all. And then uh, I guess we'll see kind of where Indiana wants to go with the, with the new, uh, you know, third assistant job to bring in um, because, uh, you know, that could be a big thing in terms of, you know, trying to get more recruits and stuff like that and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, definitely interesting to kind of see, you know, what happens from, from now, who, who they add on the coaching staff, and also kind of where Dame Fife is able to end up as well. Yep. All right, Dylan Wallace is my guest. We're talking IU basketball and hitting all topics here today on the program. Uh, sweet 16 games last night. Everything got off to a great start. Looking forward to the Friday games and, of course, the Elite Eight contest coming up over the weekend as well. Uh, Duke with a win over Texas Tech as Coach K continues uh, the march through his last NCAA tournament. And Houston with a big win over Arizona, 72-60. And, of course, I mentioned earlier in the show, Zaga uh, knocked out last night, uh, number one seed. I've got to bring up Kelvin Sampson. I know that uh, this is a familiar topic the last few marches, but with all the success he's 
having at Houston, you've got to wonder where he would be at uh, as the head coach of IU. Would he still be there? Uh, would be a good question as well. But what what could he have done? What could what could he have gotten done at, at Indiana as the coach there? Uh, seeing how he's been able to build up Houston. Well, you look at just yeah, like you said, well, you look at what he's done with Houston. I mean, you have to just—it's hard not to think that he'd probably be pretty successful, you know, with Indiana and being able to do a lot of good things with them in terms of just you know guys they bring in, the way that they're able to play, the way they're able to defend, and the way they're—they're they're just kind of like a scrappy team who who just you know gets the job done, and they—and it seems like all the players love playing for them, and they're all kind of connected, and, uh, you know, they, they just play hard, and they're they're going to be a tough out. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when, when uh, you know, going into sort of the tournament, you know, obviously they lost two of their best players. So I think everyone kind of underrated Houston, and I definitely did as well. You know, I, I picked Illinois to beat them because, you know, I just didn't know how much they would have, you know, with, with kind of the roster. But, I mean, just what he's been able to do making the most of that roster – and having and you just watch them play. I mean, they they play hard. They defend really really well. Um, and it, and it's it's a fun team to watch. And you know, Arizona was was a really good team all year. And uh, you know, they took it to them. And um, you know, that's gonna be, they're 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 gonna be an interesting team to kind of follow as well. And, and see if they can get get to the final four. You know, he's been to you know back to back you know elite eights and all that kind of stuff. So he's been really successful. And um, you know, I'm I'm always curious to kind of you know you always kind of look back and say, well, what would he've been able to do? at Indiana, you know, but, but then you also kind of wonder like, well, you know, did he learn from his mistakes at Indiana to where it helped him, you know, become the coach he is now or better like that, you know, you never know what that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I mean, I, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to not think that he, he wouldn't have at least a decent amount of success in Indiana, whether or not he'd still be the coach. I mean, I'm not sure probably if he, he was able to have this much success, but uh, you know, it's definitely kind of cool to, to kind of see what he's done with that group. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of Indiana fans are like, well, man, I wish we would have had him. And, and a lot of people are saying, you know, he's the best coach in, in college basketball right now. And, uh, you know, you just watch what he's done. It's kind of might, might be a little difficult to argue with that. And, um, you know, they're a fun team to watch though. And, you know, I, I've enjoyed watching them and, um, definitely underrated them going into the tournament, um, which is probably going to be a mistake. I, I'll try not to make going forward uh, as long as Samson's coaching that Houston team. Cause, uh, they're a bunch of scrappy guys who just fight and play hard and, uh, and get the job done and get wins. So, um, they're fun to watch, and uh, you know, I, I always be curious. To, you know, you always kind of see it kind of pop up with Indiana fans. Are like, wow, you know, we wonder what he, we could have been if we had Samson all these years and stuff like that. So you never know. Uh, but I would imagine with what he's done now, he's probably pretty successful at IU too. All right, uh, my pick Gonzaga out as of last night. Uh, how's your bracket doing, and who's your pick uh, moving forward here in the tournament? Well, I I, I originally picked Tennessee, which was, I had him, uh, I had him in the tough. championship game. So both. Both of my chance. Yeah. I got one Final Four team left, and IU fans hold your hold your ears here. At Purdue is my my one Final Four team in my, oh, my bracket. So, yeah, my my Final Four team that remains is Kansas. Um, I had uh, I had Kentucky and Tennessee, and then the championship game. So that just got blown out in the first weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at who's left. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but I mean, I feel like if Duke keeps playing like how they've been playing, um, I feel like they got a pass to get there. I mean, they, you know, they were twice, you know, in the last two games where I thought Michigan State had them, and then I thought Texas Tech had them for a majority of the game last night. Um, but they just have a bunch of guys who can get buckets at the end of games, and um, that that that's tough to beat, and that's what you need in the NCAA tournament. Um, and kind of the way they've been playing uh, is, has been has been pretty impressive, especially you know in crunch time. And um, you know I don't know, you know I, people have all their different opinions on Coach K, but obviously this is sort of a 
uh, a story that would be if he's able to kind of win it in his last run here. But, uh, you know, I think, I think they're a pretty good favorite. Um, I, I do like Kansas. You know, I think it'll be kind of a fun game tonight with Providence. Um, and, and, you know, but, you know, you, yeah, like you said, you know, if you look at Purdue, I mean, they, they have a, maybe the easiest pass as anyone to kind of get to the final four this year. So, um, you know, they, they could be interesting as well. So bunch of teams, uh, still, still left fighting, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I, I like what I saw from Duke last night. Um, might be tough. I, and I, I'm curious to kind of see how that Arkansas game goes. Cause, uh, I would say just speak Gonzaga, but, uh, yeah, I would say probably from here, Probably Duke. I don't really like saying that, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they've impressed me the last two weeks, especially both times I thought they were going to lose toward the end and they were able to pull it out. i tell you what, I'm not so sure that the storybook ending for Coach K uh, couldn't be a real possibility. In fact, uh, I was just pulling up my bracket here before I said this, but could we see a Purdue and uh, – let's see, Purdue and Duke would meet in the, the championship, I think, right? Uh, or would it be the final yeah, four? Yeah, fi- I think they're on the same yeah, side of the bracket, right? Final four. Yeah, my bracket, the the bracket I've got so screwed up, I got to go back and find where I put. Yeah, they <laughs> it'd be the final four. Final four is yeah. where they would meet. So I, I think that that's a very much a possibility. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, he's with me for an extended segment today. Uh, just a couple other things: the IU women play at 2 p.m. Saturday uh, against UConn in Bridgeport, Connecticut, in the Bridgeport region of the NCAA Women's Tournament. Uh, A tough challenge for IU, but uh, I don't think this is a UConn team of of normal. They're not invincible, as they have been some years, uh, where they don't lose a game and win the championship all in one season. But uh, a big challenge ahead this weekend. And, of course, if uh, Indiana could pull the the upset of sorts, they would uh, get a big thank you and a big – uh, challenge after that and taking on number one seed in North Carolina State very likely. So a, a tough if – if IU women are going to better last year's result and get to the Final Four, uh, they're going to really prove themselves and really do it against top-tier teams in, in women's college basketball. But a big one coming up, a big opportunity coming up for them this weekend. Yeah, a huge one. And, um, you know, that, that moment they had Monday night at Assembly Hall just seemed pretty awesome um, to just kind of watch. And I know people in the building said, I mean, Assembly Hall was rocking like like it, like it can be. And, and it was just kind of awesome to see them be able to kind of celebrate that moment, you know, host for the first time, get two wins in the hall, and be able to kind of advance. And, yeah, the draw's a little tough, you know. You know, uh, you know the home court advantage is supposed to be out the window at this point in, in the women's tournament. But uh, they're playing like only like you know what thirty miles from UConn's campus now in Bridgeport. But uh, you know it'll be tough. But I mean this team, I mean they're 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 not going to really care all that much. You know they're not going to back down from the challenge. And like you said, you know you know UConn struggled to kind of beat I think Central Florida in the round of 32 on Monday as well. You know they 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 didn't look invincible. You know they looked like they could be beat. You know Paige Beckers, who's their best player. I know you know she she had an injury earlier this year that kind of held her out for a while, and she's kind of recently coming off that. So maybe she's not. 100%. So, you know, there's definitely a window and opportunity for Nina to to kind of beat the Huskies and if they're able to do that, I mean, that'd be an awesome win for the program to beat UConn who's just, you know, like as you said, you know, always one of the premier thing, probably the most premier women's program in the last, you know, couple years and and then, you know, with NC State as uh, the one seed, you know, Indiana beat them last year when they were the one seed. Um NC State beat Indiana this season in the ACC Big 10 challenge. So, you know, both both these teams have have kind of played each other uh, pretty recently over the last year, and they're kind of even so far. So, you know, that's definitely a winnable game for Indiana if they're able to get to NC State. Um, I think the tougher challenge is probably going to be UConn on Saturday. 
Um, but, I mean, it, it's going to be fun to watch for sure. And This team is definitely not going to back down. And if they're able to get to the Final Four with running through these two opponents and UConn and NC State, I mean, that would be an incredible achievement. It would be the first Final Four ever for the program. And I mean, it would be awesome to kind of follow. And, uh, you know, this, this team ran it back for a reason. You know, this team, this, these exact five starters got to the lead eight last year. And, uh, you know, they're hungry for more. And uh, we'll see what they're able to do. It's going to be tough. But, I mean, this team welcomes any challenge. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, thanks for a longer chat than normal with us today. Always good stuff. Always enjoy it. We'll do it again next Friday. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. All right, we will head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the week. We'll go through the Sweet 16 games for this Friday and look ahead to the Elite Eight potential matchups as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, another big basketball weekend. It continues with Sweet 16 games this evening, the Friday games, of course, Elite Eight games on Saturday and Sunday, and we've got the big high school state championship. Uh, All four classes on Saturday, Providence, the local team involved in the 2A game on Saturday about midday. 12.45 is the advertised start time. Uh, We'll see if it's then or maybe just a little after, depending on how the 1A game goes. Uh, Let's look at tonight's games, NCAA games, Purdue and St. Peter's, who has been uh, red hot and uh, the third, I think, uh, all-time 15 seed in the tournament to make it this far. I, I think Purdue's going to get them. Purdue's going to end their run. I, I mentioned earlier I had Purdue picked to be a Final Four team from the get-go. Uh, not so sure Purdue can't be a uh, national championship game or national championship team at this point. But uh, Purdue and St. Mary's tonight, Kansas and Providence. Al Durham Jr. plays on the Providence team. They have been playing really good basketball as well. Uh, but so is Kansas uh, and uh, UCLA, North Carolina. I think UCLA, North Carolina may be the game of the night. Both teams playing really good. Obviously, it's easy to say that at this point of the tournament. Everybody left is playing really good basketball. And then Miami and uh, Iowa State uh, in the uh, the last game of the evening, the 9:59 tip off later tonight. The amazing thing, and, and Dylan has mentioned this uh, or mentioned this earlier today. The amazing thing about Iowa State is uh, so many transfers. I think they have two players on the roster that were rostered players for the Cyclones last season. That just shows you how you can quickly rebuild and quickly restaff a roster with the departures and the transfer portal. So it's a new-look Iowa State team, and uh, they are in the Sweet 16 against a Miami team that's been playing really good as well. So it should be some fun games tonight. I think we'll have some great uh, Elite Eight games over the weekend as well. And it's hard to believe we're uh, here in just a few days going to be down to the Final Four and uh, we'll be uh, nearing the end of the tournament 
uh, for this year. But still lots of basketball ahead. And, uh, again, just as we close out today, good luck to Providence. Good luck to Ryan Miller. Uh, Providence has come on strong here uh, in the tournament. They've got a great opportunity ahead of them tomorrow against a really good Central Noble team. Always fun to see locals have a chance to compete uh, in a state championship game. Just the memories, uh, the experiences this week over the tournament run, uh, getting to come in uh, side of Gainbridge Fieldhouse for the first time. I know Providence will be practicing there a little bit later this afternoon. And then to get the, the chance to come back in on Saturday with the crowd there, it's just uh, great memories for uh, for these Providence kids. And so we wish them the very best. We'll be there. Jeff Crawford will join me tomorrow. Our pregame coverage scheduled to begin around 12-15, depending on how the uh, 1A game is going between North Davies and Lafayette Central Catholic. That will be the uh, game that starts the day. Uh, other games tomorrow, obviously Providence and Central Noble, I think will be good as well. Uh, but uh, a really uh, good slate of games th- throughout the day uh, in the 3A and 4A games coming back in the night session, uh, Beach Grove and Mishawaka Marion, and then the 4A game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Indianapolis Cathedral against undefeated Chesterton in the 4A state championship game. All right, join us tomorrow from Indianapolis if you're not going to be there. And uh, good luck, Providence. Enjoy the Sweet 16 games tonight, Elite Eight games this weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday to tell you everything about IU basketball, to recap all the happenings from the weekend. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.